You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 173, where we will be discussing chapter three of City of Lost Souls, Bad Angles. Just kidding. It's Bad Angels. I'm Kristen. Oh. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. It was an intrusive I thought. I thought. Spe- did I spell it wrong? Nope. It was an intrusive thought that I, okay. since you announced what the name of the title was last week, I've been like, angles, like, I don't know why. <laughs> you said it and I immediately was like, do I correct her? <laughs> oh, jeez. Jeez Louise. So what's up, y'all? Um... I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Same. We went on a yep. one, well, two day, one night trip to Seattle to visit family. And we're still tired. And that was three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That'll do it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <sighs> Mine but had a that, soccer okay. tournament all weekend and she played and I didn't, but somehow I'm tired. <laughs> Right. Being a sports parent is rough. I don't, I'm glad I'm not. (laughs) Ooh, they actually closed. It's full. Sorry. They don't have any space on the team. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I don't know. Like, I remember my mom, like, I had practice three times a week. We had tournaments every weekend. Like, it was ridiculous. Uh-huh. And yeah. like not just like tournaments all over the city, like four hours away, wake up at four AM and drive to fucking Roseburg. Like yeah. shit like that. Like we went to fucking Florida. I'm like, there's no way you could pay me to get on a goddamn plane with forty like cause it was more than one team from the area all flying to Florida. Right. On a direct flight with that many That's teenage insane. girls. No. It was it was Robin had bad. to drive like a half an hour, right? That was bad enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I was a teenager and it was bad for me. I could not imagine being yeah. a parent in that scenario. I don't yeah. have patience for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'd murk mm-hmm. somebody's kid. Yeah. Well, and that's part of why we were in Seattle. My my sister in law's kids had a soccer or a a hockey tournament. They're from Texas. Oh, they were just only a few hours away, so we went up there. They did the same thing. Jason has a a buddy from college that lives in Alaska, and he comes down a couple times a year for his kids to play tournament sports and stuff. All the way from fucking Alaska. Okay. Well, because they don't really have anyone to like compete against. That's fair. Yeah. Right. That's fair. I don't. I got. So I think what made it worse is the game times. Oh. But I also got myself a vanity sunburn because I didn't want to ruin my eyebrows. So I didn't put sunscreen like directly onto my eyebrow line. (laughs) So I looked like a clown. So I had like red up above my eyebrows. And then my scalp got burnt on Friday because it was hot. And then it was yep. raining and freaking freezing the other two days. And then, like, we got poured down rain on Sunday. And then it, like, dried up halfway through the second game. And then the week we were, like, boiling in our rain gear and stuff. It was just, Jeez. like, that was hard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, the and weather. then you're all but at least sweaty if it was, like, volleyball, clothes. you'd be inside. That's mm-hmm. true. Volleyball, you'd be inside at least. Yeah. You just have to smell everyone's dirty uh, knee pads. Which yes. is, is a very gross thing. Um, yes, but not, it's way better to be inside than it is to be outside. It, I imagine that cause mm-hmm. she has multiple games, right? Yeah. She played six games, five games. Yes. Over three so days. So it's more like, like baseball tournaments where it's like an all, like it's a constant, Oh, I've got a game in the morning and I've got a game in the afternoon kind of a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and her schedule on Saturday, her first game was at 8.30 in the morning, so we had to be there at 7.30, like, warming up. And then she didn't play till 7 o'clock at night. And then <sighs> on Sunday, so she crazy. played again at 8.30 in the morning. I was like, dude, you guys, like, we, we got the worst schedule. Right. Yeah. You're like, did anyone look at this schedule? <laughs> what the fuck? 
Uh-huh. I mean, I assume it goes by a bracket, so there's nothing they can do about it. But, like, ouch. Well, there were other kids you know? in our bracket that played at different times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, that's it was just, weird. Like, why didn't we get the 2.30 game as opposed to the 7 o'clock game? I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter. They did great. They got second place. That's awesome. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. So they fun. played up an age group and stuff. It was cool. And we learned some valuable lessons about, like, going home in between if there's a big time gap mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know. That makes sense. Are you knitting It was right fun now? to go out to lunch. I was totally going to crochet and I, I was like, it. I'll get distracted. <laughs> I'm, do you I'm clink hoping I won't slam my hands on the table if my hands are busy. Because I right. I've been trying for weeks and there it's like a mental block that I can't realize that my mic is very sensitive and way more sensitive than my old mic. And so it hears everything. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to try and cut out sure. every time I exasperatedly slam my hands on the on the table. <laughs> You're like Devin Sawa from Idle Hands. Yes. God, that's such a good... That's that's also got to go on the list. I've got like a running list of movies that my kid has to see because she's 15 mm-hmm. and like uh-huh. there are certain things that I feel like mm-hmm. I'm not being a very good parent by like she hasn't seen them yet. Like we watched... Absolutely. Uh, uh-huh. We watched White Chicks like last weekend. Okay. And she was... We were just talking about the other day because we heard... Yeah. <laughs> She was like, she's like, what is that? Because she just saw like the, you know, like the movie poster or whatever. And I'm like, oh. Just you wait. I turned it on. And she was literally transfixed. This kid is not someone who like really pays attention to movies. Like she likes to have other things going on. And her type of movie is like B-rated horror. Like rubber the the oh. demon tire like she's seen that a thousand times never heard of no that. accounting for taste but as soon as we put it on she like starts washing it and she's like what the hell and then she was like stuck she actually made us pause it so she could go to the bathroom and come back she has <laughs> never in her life made us pause anything <laughs> you're gonna miss a really important part in that movie you gotta pause it it was really really funny and she's like some of the, like some of the stuff does it. You, I mean, obviously, I don't think the concept of white chicks would hold up nowadays. But yes, the, right. some of the stuff she was like, "What?" and I'm like, "It was a wild time, okay?" <laughs> it was lawless. It was a wild. The 2000s were, whew, they were wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Good stuff. Geez. Sorry, I just got distracted. Seriously. That's okay. You can feed into her quotes, my goats. Like from Idle Hands. Yes. And you're like, oh, yeah, yes. next and afterwards, we'll just clean the whole fucking house. Yep. <laughs> right. And you just say shit all the time. Then no one's I like, what are you talking never about? I've seen that movie, but I know all of the all of the stuff mm. you've talked about so far. I just need to freaking watch it. I was such uh-huh. a huge Devin Sawa fan. Like, oh, why yeah. did I never see it? Since and fucking Seth Green, Casper. Maybe we should watch it. Since Casper. Yes. Come yes. On. Since Casper. The OG. Yes. Yep. Maybe we'll watch it on Friday. Yes, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready? Wait, what else? Yeah. No, just kidding. Wait, I guess it's been nine minutes. That's a long time. I didn't realize. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything to talk about? No? No. Just no, my ma'am. normal self. Um, did we check? Never mind. It doesn't matter because we're not editing today. I apologize to our listeners at home. Let's kick things off with Robin's recap, shall we? <laughs> previously on Downworld or Dish. We begin with Simon waiting for his friends. They arrive quickly and tell him all the deets about Clary being cleared of all charges and the Clave giving up on Jace. They explain their plan to go to the Seelie Queen, which Simon isn't a fan of because he will be double damned. <laughs> oh, sorry. I freaking said that wrong. Damn, damn, double damn. Uh, <laughs> damn. Because well, I thought of Queen of the Damned. Remember oh, that movie? And I was God, like, because he's damned because he's a vampire. Yes. He's going to be double damned if he's left out of the hijinks. So he's going to go anyway. He's not into it, but he'll be double damned if he's going to be left out of the hijinks. Clary uses the bell to summon the queen and the group is port keyed to the Sealy Court. Crossing here. 
At first glance, the place is totally rocking a whimsical cottagecore vibe, but then the curtain of tortured butterflies shows up and it really dampens the party. It's not great. An angsty Meliorn arrives to escort them to the queen, and when they meet her, Clary is all revved up. The queen taunts her about how she refused her help before, and now she's crawling back, blah, blah, blah. The interaction is laced with some devilishly delightful fairy banter. But the overview here is the queen wants the fairy maid rings that allow the wearers to talk to each other mind to mind. And I'm not entirely sure why she divulged the information about the what the rings do, but I digress. Yep. I know. It seemed weird. Mm-hmm. Basically, Clary's got to pull a B&E from the Institute and bring the rings back to her. And then she will tell them what she knows about Jace. Later, we reunite with Alec, who is letting himself into Magnus's apartment with his very own key. The warlock has been shut in, having some late nights, trying to figure out which spell Lilith used the night Jace was taken. Magnus is exhausted but lighthearted, and Alec is forever salty AF, getting suspicious about the initials on a snuff box that Magnus had asked for. Alec asks if Camille is still smitten with Magnus, and he gives a funny answer, then stops the conversation from going further. Next, we check in with Clary and Simon, sneaking back into Luke's house to avoid questioning from the rents. Clary overhears a conversation between Luke and Jocelyn where she blames herself for Sebastian and all the bad stuff going on. Clary imagines what life would have been like if her mom had MDK'd her infant brother (laughs) and then goes back to meet Simon in her room. She spends a lot of time thinking about her new life and making Simon her living metaphor for her past and future colliding. They assess their meeting with the Seely Queen and Simon tells her that he's definitely not into the plan. They back and forth about what they would do if the other was missing, and Simon reminds her that she's got a group of friends to use as a support system, and she just, he just wants to make sure that she knows that they're all there for her after all this time. Always. Always. <laughs> so, before we jump into Clary's Ocean Eleven moment, um, we're going to check in with Simon as he arrives home. And Jordan's a little put out that his wifey hasn't been home in a while. He's like, um, forgot you lived here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I, I like it. I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> and Simon finds this, like, kind of strange until he realizes that, like, Maya is also sitting awkward- awkwardly in the living room. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this isn't just about me. <laughs> right. It can't be. Poor Maya is having no fun being in a room of exes, but uh, she wanted to check on Simon, and she's a much better person than I am, so I don't know that I would do the same. Uh, Simon- I mean, I might do it just to get cheese may. It's like, so tell oh, that's me how fair. did it go. Yeah. yeah, how are you? He starts talking, and you're like, oh, this is boring. Bye. Yeah, yeah, bye. <laughs> Forgot I don't actually care. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, God. So Simon tries to brush her off, but she brings up the confrontation with his mom. And he's like, how'd you know about that? She's like, I ran into Eric. And guess what? Eric can't keep a secret. <laughs> he spilled the beans. Quick sidebar. I know it's fluff and it has nothing to do with the plot and that's why we don't have it. But, like, I want more interactions with Eric and the bandmates. Like, I want to see yes. how the Mundies are, like, reacting to having a vampire as a best friend. And, like, the fact that he won't call them back or show up to band practice. Like, <laughs> I think it's really funny. He's the one that's supposed to make the band, like, a hit now, right? Right. Because he's got the mojo. <laughs> they had the whole Lestat thing worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Queen of the Damned. Oh, oh my gosh. That's such a good movie. Anyway. <clears throat> so Eric told Maya all about uh, his fight, Simon's fight with his mom. And the fact that Simon's been bailing on the band for weeks. Um, also, now it's called Midnight Burrito instead of Millennium Lint, Jordan kindly points out which Maya is I don't like it as much not impressed by she's like could you not interrupt thanks (laughs) right (laughs) there's quite a bit of tension still in the air with these two and again do you think Jordan's still like going to band practice yes it sounds like it yes 
Yeah. I think so. Because I think he's like hoping Simon will show up. Especially since he's been right, gone for like a day Right, because it would be weird if they both disappear at the same time too. Yeah. yeah. And then come back at the same time for him to watch him. Well, and I think Jordan's goal is to get Simon to live as normal of a life as he can. So right. I think okay. him mm-hmm. continuing to go to band practice might be his way of like encouraging Simon that like you can have this too. Like you can have your mm-hmm. your full life without being whatever. It kind or of reminds like me it. of um what the fuck is Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, the Angel. Oh. I don't I've I've only seen that movie like once and I didn't quite care for it, so I don't really remember it at all. I've never seen it. Amanda's having an existential crisis right now what the fuck you guys you don't watch it every year I watch Die Hard and Harry Potter every year for Christmas because I'm a millennial jeez Louise okay somebody somebody get on this train with me okay we watch It's a Wonderful Life on Thanksgiving evening and then we watch it when it's on TV here and there, but then we watch White Christmas. Okay, so Clarence is the angel that comes and helps George Bailey realize his life is amazing. Oh, right. And it's a wonderful life. Anyway, and then George is like, okay, my life is good. I'm back to my family. And Clarence just disappears. Like, is that what Jordan's going to do? He just, like, pats him on the head. You're a good boy now, Simon. You got this. Yeah. I, don't, I hope not. Why would an angel be named Clarence? That's what I want to know. That like, could you imagine one of his shadow hunters? Like they're like trying to like name their Seraphlade Clarence. <laughs> yeah. So they're named after angels, yeah. right? Because that, that's yeah. the movie where the uh, when a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's that movie, right? Exactly. Okay. So so Clarence was trying to earn his wings. Right. By helping George. Mm. Right. Because. Not like the band wings, right? With Paul McCartney <laughs> right. singing that song. Right. right. Okay. Oh, I was crap. just going to say, like, you want the moon, Mary? Yeah. <laughs> we'll throw a lasso over it. Oh, my God. Jeez, oh, that's funny. Guys. Yeah. No. <sighs> no. That's one of those movies that your kid needs to watch, apparently. Add it to your list. I suppose. Mine also, I forced well, I, them to watch Trading Places on Christmas a couple years ago. <laughs> we always watch a Christmas I'll add it story. To my list. That that's definitely oh, yeah, a I don't tradition. like that movie. You, you like a it's a wonderful life, but not Yes. I don't know what it story. is about that movie. I don't it just I've obviously I've watched it yeah. lots, but never, never have I liked it. It's <laughs> a weird way to say that. <laughs> Anyway, I love sorry. It. We watched Christmas Vacation. I don't know, oh, Margo. Shitter's full. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my favorite. That's though. our Thanksgiving I don't know. movie. Why is the floor wet, Todd? Oh my god, <laughs> the best. I don't know, Margo. <sighs> All right, where are we? Oh yeah. Okay, so again, we're. <laughs> we're. Simon tells uh, them that everything's fine, but is faced with his lie when Jordan points out that his sister has been blowing up his Nokia like a scorned teenager with an unlimited text and calling plan. <laughs> right? Yeah, He's it's like, probably not Ooh. unlimited. <laughs> he was like, oh, That's shit. Funny. So Simon's obviously been trying to avoid the conversation with his sister, worried that she'll react like his mother did, which, of course, uh, I would be worried the same. Um... But, like, he's also worried that, like, maybe she'll get mixed up in all of the, like, deadly and chaotic shit that he's a part of now. Mm-hmm. Which I understand. He wants to protect her. And then he's scared of rejection. But, like, Jordan and Maya. I think that's the majority of it. Yeah. Jordan and Maya are, like, for once on the same page. And they both encourage him to reach out. Like, your life's bonkers, sure. But, like, family's still family, right? It's Simon Stone. We're family here. Right. They're, they're doing the very, the full Fast and the Furious. Um, but Simon's like, um, excuse me, do either of you? <laughs> Tell me you were thinking of Olive Garden. What? Yeah. <laughs> the Olive Garden meme where it's Ben Diesel. Like, we're family here. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my gosh. So so Simon like looks at them and he's like, aren't you both no contact with both of your families? (laughs) And they're like, listen, it's not the same. (laughs) Our circumstances were different. Murder. What murder? Murder by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) But Maya's just as stubborn. She's like, ah, ah, ah. I got you. And she comes back arguing that his mother's 5150 behavior is going to force his sister's hand if she doesn't know the whole story. And he's like, okay, that's Mm -hmm. fair. Oh, and for those of you who don't live in America and don't know what a 5150 is, it's the code for the police when someone needs to be like involuntarily committed for like 72 hours, like a 72 hour hold when someone's being Looney Tunes, which... Simon's mom, to the Monday eye, looks like she's mm-hmm. flown off the damn deep end. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is it, code? I don't remember what the code is at the hospital when it's like they're uh, resisting and fighting with the doctors and they need a psych check or whatever. Yeah. Like code green yeah. or code gray or whatever the I heck it is. I think it's code gray. But, Yeah. So Simon relents and says that, you know, I'll text her. I just can't hear her voice right now, which is sad. I'm so sad, especially since he hasn't really acknowledged his sister at all in the last five books. Um, right, but... right. <laughs> They're so close. But like she's in college. Like I get it. She's she's away. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But um, where am I? Oh, yeah. OK, so now we leave Simon with his his issues, his modeling issues. Um, and we hop over to Clary for some honey heist action. Okay. She's trying to play it cool as she moves through the near deserted Institute. Nothing to see here. Just another shadow hunter wandering the walls. I'm not here to steal anything. (laughs) She's, you can tell that Clary is not used to doing things that she's not supposed to be doing. Because her internal monologue through this is not great. She's like, it's all good. It's fine. It's cool. (laughs) Don't be suspicious. Don't Don't be be suspicious. suspicious. (laughs) I mean, she has every right to be in the library, right? It's just once someone notices those go missing. Right. It might be suspicious. Yeah. Okay. So Clary sifts through her first memories of the Institute and Jace um, as she makes her way to the library where her target should be. Um, So the library looks the same as it did when it acted as Hodge's office. Like his desk is still there and she's like half expecting to see the the bird, Hugo. Hugan. Hugan, yes. But so so like it's kind of like untouched, which lends like a very eerie sort of tone to the rest of this scene. Yeah. It's a little bit like, ooh, okay. With a soundless rune, Clary stealthily um moves to the second floor. Maybe Jace had a point about the whole like practicing all the time thing because like she's mm-hmm. kind of like she's kind of into like how cool she is right now <laughs> she's like oh shit like i'm i'm doing the thing <laughs> like i'm doing i'm i'm, I'm hunting the shadows some of us has had to train <laughs> seven days a week <laughs> <sighs> so she finds what she's looking for among several glass cases protecting like ancient tomes and artifacts including a certain clockwork angel little Easter egg so for cool. us. Mm-hmm. No, there was also there's a book no about demon way Fox that it would be there. Right? No. Why would it be? There's legitimately no way. Why is it not in the London Institute? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess. Well, yeah, because the Herondils never came to. Well, I suppose unless it was given to a Lightwood, eventually. Maybe. But that would really be the only... Okay. The only... Like after Stephen died, maybe? Or something? Or, like, just at some point through the line, like, it was passed from mm-hmm. a Herondale to a Lightwood because they are cousins and family, you know? And then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like, mm-hmm. Robert's family brought it to the New York Institute. That's the only thing I'm thinking. Right. 
Because otherwise, yeah, like. Huh. Also. I still like that we got to hear about it. Yeah. It just. I think it's cool, too. But. But also, part I, of also, me why is wouldn't like, she just keep it? Isn't, isn't Tessa just wearing it still? Uh-huh. I mean, That's what I was like. Why wouldn't she just keep it? It saved her life. Right. I don't know. You guys made me eek. Sorry. When you say saved your life, it made me. <laughs> so Clary hesitates. Uh, Dude, my kid just said that. He just said, you just made me eek in the background. I love it. So Clary hesitates as she comes to the last case holding the fairy rings. Because they're exactly where Izzy had told her they would be. Um, but she's kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, all right. Uh, where am I? Fuck, I lost my, sorry, I lost my place. So she hesitates um, as she comes to the last case holding the fairy rings, unsure if she should really go through with the whole stealing them from the clave in exchange for a favor from the Sealy Queen. Uh, it makes her kind of uneasy, you know, in the way treason does. Like, <laughs> just, like, just kind of, mm, a little bit. Got a little flutter in my belly. <laughs> so just as she's about to throw caution to the wind in favor of her brother lover, she hears a voice talking to Jace. And in the choice of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, Clary's initial reaction is to freeze. But that pesky curiosity... The source of nearly all of her hijinks um, has her inching towards the railing to see who the hell just came into the library. Absolutely. Yes. Listen, I know it may not be important, but I want to say, I just want to say, I think it's cool how she was talking about, because she was using an open rune, Mm -hmm. and she was talking about the amount of force she was applying into the rune, so that way, like, like you could blast open a door Mm -hmm. if you were doing it with more, like your emotions behind it and probably how like heavy handed you are with your stellar. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's just cool that they have different ways you can use their runes. Yeah. I like it. But that wasn't one that she created, right? That was No. The opening one was what she no, just used so. in the in the SSV tank. Okay, anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. So of course Right, right, right. So she must have really pushed on it. Um, okay, so Clary, of course, bites down on her lip to keep herself from screaming. And I am just like, is this really a thing that people do? Can't you just still scream with your mouth closed? Or if you're biting your lip, your mouth isn't even closed all the way. Maybe if you're like sucking your lips in. But like, I don't uh-huh. know. I just think that whatever. Anyway, Clary realizes that one of the people in the room is Sebastian. And she actually, it says, Jonathan Christopher Morgenstern. And I'm like, Jace? And then it goes, Sebastian. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> so his hair is white now, just like V-Tang. And um, somehow that hand that was a stump the last time she had seen it is now healed. And he's wearing a silver bracelet. And just like, look at this. Got to put some silver on there to, so everybody can catch the eye <laughs> on this little stubby hand. Like, do you think it's... um? Still growing back, so it's not the same size. Listen, Double I just want to know if it's like a Miami Vice chain. Is it like Miami Vice, like big old thick silver? Or is okay. it like the thin, or is it a, like where, a smaller? Kind of like hangs off, so it's like it comes like yeah, kind that's... of around the top of the hand. You know what I'm talking about? Where I like... was envisioning yeah. it to be like an ID bracelet, almost like a medical ID bracelet. <gasps> I don't know why. See, I'm that's I was, I was thinking picturing. like Guido chain, like. Something okay. my Uncle Tony would wear. <laughs> Anyone's Uncle Tony. Yeah. 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 Let's be honest. Yeah. I don't think there is an Uncle Tony on the planet that does not wear a chain. <laughs> <laughs> it is a requirement. Oh my god. You get it with your first communion. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh my god, that's great, right? My kids got them for baptism, yeah. so. <clears throat> Except they're gold. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, of course. They look better on their skin tone. Mm-hmm. Gold does. Okay, so. Yes. The other person, obviously, is Jace, but he's totally chill. Like, he doesn't seem, he's not putting off the vibe that he's been taken against his will, nor does it seem like he's been locked up like a prisoner. Ooh. And he carelessly mm-hmm. jokes to Sebi. 
that um, he's always right. And, quote, you ought to know that about me by now. So, like, obviously they're kind of cozy friends together now, which uh-huh. is just. He's like Alanis Morissette, right? Yes. You, you, you ought to know. <laughs> so they are looking for summoning books. That's why they're in the library. And Jace knows the library well. But tells Sebastian that the books are not in alphabetical order. They're organized by Hodge's own system, which is freaking weird. It's an entire institute. I realize he was in charge, but, like, that's not how this works, bro. It's not how libraries work, okay? (laughs) It's weird. Talk about narcissism. Yeah. (laughs) This is my library? Uh, maybe that's why they left his desk because they're like it's still Hodge's space like once they take his desk out and stuff (laughs) nothing makes sense so (laughs) so Sebastian's like shoots brah that's the dude that I killed right that's a super bummer for us like in this very moment (laughs) because he could have helped but I'll take upstairs you take downstairs (laughs) okay So it's crazy to think that they're literally just going to search an entire library for a few certain books. It's crazy. But um, so Clary starts to look for an exit, obviously, since she's upstairs. And um, she's trying to plan out what the fuck she's going to do. Like, seriously. So she thinks about jumping down to the first floor. Like, once Sebastian gets upstairs, I assume. But she's like, I probably would break a leg. And then, like, what would I do? I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. So before Sebastian really gets uh, started to head, like heading up the stairs, Jace yells to him that he found the books under magic, non-lethal. <laughs> what? <laughs> so does magic work inside the Institute? Because I feel like a warlock could just come in and help them reorganize very quickly. It just seems like it would make the most sense. Yes, I mean, technically, for sure, magic works inside the Institute because Magnus has come in to heal people using magic. Right, yeah. But, I don't know. Is yeah. Maris I don't know. super It's probably the last the... of their concern. Right. <laughs> they're, kind uh-huh. of like, they're kind of busy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. The new tutor that replaces him will just fix it, I guess. I'm thinking too much into this. Anyway, it just irritates me. Why does it have to be unorganized? (laughs) Sebastian is impressed by the library's selection. And the two look at a demon (laughs) porno book. (laughs) Apparently, Sebastian knows that it's a a porn. And Jace is like, oh, let me see. How do you know that? It's it's like something (laughs) from Benedict's library. Yeah, right? Dude, for real. I mean, they had books about demon pox. Maybe it is. I don't know. So while they're looking at this book, Clary notices how comfortable they are together. And like Jace, basically they, they're acting like old friends. It's just odd. So Jace asks Sebastian if they have time for him to stop by his room to get some clothes and weapons. And Sebastian reminds him that this is like kind of a dangerous place for them to be. <laughs> And so they have plenty of what Robin calls coin, or maybe that's a new term, and I'm just not cool enough to have ever heard it, but they have plenty of money. So Jace can just buy new shit. Mm-hmm. And also, they're going to be running the Institute soon in the next few weeks anyway, so he can just get it then. Like, it's no big deal. And I hate that they just said that in passing, and that's all we get from that right there. Uh-huh. I was like, wait, what? So Jay starts to ask him something, like starts to ask Sebastian something and he just stops talking like he's cut off. Clary's like, oh shit, did he see me? But no, they just freaking vanished out of no, like they're just gone. No portal. They were just like, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And of course, you guys guessed it. Clary's lip is bleeding. (laughs) She bit it so hard. Yeah. And she didn't know. She Another totally did, could not right. tell at any point. She had no idea. Nope. nope. Because it says that the ice in her veins was so cold from seeing this interaction that she was afraid to move because she thought she would shatter. Oh, naturally. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so she couldn't move. It was like lip. trying to catch water. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So off we go to Alec and Magnus, obviously the best part. 
And Magnus is waking up Alec at the time. Somehow I'm not annoyed about that, mm-hmm. even though it's someone waking up. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> so anyway, he wakes he wakes him up, reminding Alec that he's supposed to meet Izzy and the others by Turtle Pond today. I want to go to Turtle Pond. But it's in New I just, York. That sounds <clears throat> awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to have to look it up. Are there actual turtles there? Yeah, right? There has to be a reason they call it that. Does it look like a turtle? Alexis, Are stop. there turtles there? Oh. <laughs> I don't want an actual answer to my question. I want this to stay hypothetical, ma'am. Oh, my God. Your robot is intrusive. <laughs> I know. Get out of here. Oh, my God. That's great. Anyway. They're supposed to meet there. And Magnus leans in for like a little kissy poo. But Alec is still mad. Like sleeping didn't help. He didn't get over it. He was probably dreaming about WS all night long. And he wakes up mad. So he gets up and throws some clothes on. And by the way, he has a drawer at Magnus's apartment. He has a toothbrush there. And yes, he has a key. Obviously, we know this. So explain why you feel why insecure. You s- uh, yeah, you're jealous of people that died like 70 years ago. Yeah. I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. to kind of feel that anxiety a little bit inside, just sure. a little bit. But with how much he's reassuring him, outwardly, you should just try to take him at his word. It's just, it's very childish. Yeah. I know we've said it that. It seems silly times. that he's like continuing to like throw a temper tantrum when like he can't change mm-hmm. anything. And also. Exactly. It, feels out of character like mm-hmm. alec is a very yeah. like reasonable person that you would think that at yeah. some point like this specifically this like continued i'm gonna continue to be upset and whatever and not acknowledge any of the reality around me i don't know yeah i, don't know. I agree it's annoying So Magnus like leans back to enjoy the show of watching Alec get dressed and he just like recommends, he suggests that Alec wear this blue scarf of his. And somehow this is the final straw for Alec. I don't, I, and he flies off the handle asking if the scarf is like hundreds of years old and if it was gifted to him by Queen Victoria or something. And Magnus is like, what what what? and he literally it says he like shakes his head like there's water in his ear and that's what I did too (laughs) like you have got to be kidding me dude so Alec demands to know if he is the newest thing in this apartment and who WS is that's the WS on the snuff box and Magnus is still just dumbfounded like what the fuck so he tells him it's Woolsey Scott and Alec obviously knows that name because not only has Magnus talked about him but he's a historical figure like he's aware of who he is and somehow that just makes him more mad and he's like cool 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 so you uh probably also have like Jonathan Shadowhunter's toenail clippers lying around too like you just have every like you're just that important and old sort of thing and Magnus is just like, bro, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> to be fair, the though. fuck happened? To be fair, Magnus does have a habit of, like, finding powerful people. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh-huh. Uh, it also got me thinking if there were toenail clippers and, like, when they were invented. Because what did people do before? Like, you walk you do- your dog, they're supposed to file down on the cement, right? Did people do something like that? I'm I'd sure. I'm confused. I thought you were going to call yeah. your toes your dogs again. And I was like, yeah. yeah, your dogs. What did you do to clip your dogs? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Anyway, he's obviously confused and at Magnus's and tells Alec to ask him anything he wants to know. He's like, I don't lie to you. So ask me, like, fire, fire off, tell me. And Alec totally calls his bluff. He's like, that's bullshit. Not calls his bluff. He calls him out and says it's bullshit because everything Alec asks Magnus, he gets all antsy and doesn't want to talk about his history at all. He's just, which 
if he if Alec knew everything, he wouldn't be so worried and he would understand why Magnus doesn't want to talk about it. But at the same time, it's his history. Uh-huh. Like I just ugh. Ugh. There, no one can win here. Bruh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So Magnus's cat eyes are really coming into play here because he is feisty. Mm-hmm. It's like a little feisty cat. Which he should be. Alec is being totally immature and annoying. And that tracks for his age and this being like his first real relationship. I get it. But it's yeah. insufferable. We've talked about it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Magnus tells him that he's being evasive because every time Alec asks him a question about his past, he proceeds to pick a fight about it. And then he says, quote, maybe because immortality is rapidly becoming the third person in our relationship. And Alec replies by saying, exactly. Oh, God. And then he has this thought that, like, he's like, I'm just no good with words, like, my pair of bow tie and my bow. So he just is going to wrap the scarf around his neck and then leave. That's what he's I think that's hilarious, accent. by the way. I laughed literally out loud when I was listening to this. <laughs> so, so he cute. walks out the door telling Magnus not to wait up. And then Magnus yells back that the scarf is something he got from the Gap last year. <laughs> and... This piece of dialogue or interaction was really annoying for me personally, mainly because it made me kind of look at myself and the way I used to be. Mm. I feel like it's a genuine argument, like not like genuine as in like everybody's immortal, but like I this scene could play out in an insecure relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. The same sort of like concepts. I do feel like it's a little off for Magnus not to have been like, okay, great. You agree. Let's talk about this. Like, yeah, he's Mm -hmm. old enough, wise enough, whatever. He's obviously kind of playing into Alex crap, but he's Mm -hmm. probably also exhausted about it. I just, it makes for drama and the plot needs to move on. So like, I get it. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Alec is annoying. I don't know how you like him at this moment, Kristen. (laughs) Oh, he's super annoying right now. Yeah, I know. It's fine. I just, it's one of those things this didn't stick out to me as being like, God, this part of the book was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I must have kind of like connected with it a little bit and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. what is he doing? <laughs> Crazy. I mean, anyway, it's not like Magnus is handling the, the situation perfectly. Mm-hmm. He's not helping himself. No, he's not. But Alec is definitely being unreasonable. Well, and then to be fair, Wolsey is another one of his past right. escapades. Well, anyway. Also, he didn't he mention that like at at oh, Luke and Jocelyn's like the ironworks. I feel like Alec did ask about that. Because because Jordan was there mm-hmm. and Magnus noted noticed his Praetor Lupus thing and so he was like, yeah, I knew the founder, Wolsey Scott. And then Alec was like, did you fuck him too? And we're like, ooh. That's right. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. And then he didn't yeah. answer, right? So maybe this circling back to the fact that, like, he didn't answer. And then now he finds out that he still kept this box from him. And that, like, I get it. I get how Alec's feelings could be hurt in the sense that he feels like, okay, well, you you collect these things from your past lovers. Am I, you know, even though he's assured him that he's not, just like another notch in his bedpost, that still doesn't feel great. Uh-huh. Like, it's almost like if you keep, it's not true, but I can understand how this would make Alec feel like if Magnus is keeping something from a past lover, he's pining. Like, he's not over it. Right? Like, Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. That I could understand how that might make him feel that way, especially on top right. of the fact that he had avoided the question when it was asked directly. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, in, in <laughs> this circumstance that. with Woolsey, I kind of feel like he's almost not even frustrated about the relationship, but just that he's old enough to have known that guy. Like it's just <laughs> it another be. reminder. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe his his <coughs> anger is kind of directed at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Craig, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So Alex slams the door to the apartment and heads down the stairs, unaware that he's got a lurker waiting for him in the shadows. And when he finally sees the hooded figure, he gets so startled, he drops his keychain 
not very country of shadows of you, Alexander. Right? Nope. Anyway, the hooded figure tells Alec that they have a message for him from Camille Belcourt, and then we, like, end scene on the apartment. Hmm. Wait, that doesn't really make sense because we go to another apartment, so Hmm. we end scene with Alec and Magnus, and then we reappear with Maya and Jordan, and they're in Jordan's apartment again. We're, like, basically back to that scene from earlier, but we're in Maya's point of view. Oh, my God, it's so cozy. Do you guys love it? I do. So <clears throat> Jordan's asking her if she wants to patrol together tonight. And she looks over at him in the kitchen and he's just like a little too casually leaning against the counter. And she marks it as fake. She's like, this is, you know, I know him note. too well. This is a curse of knowing somebody like you are not actually calm, whatever. And she needs a minute to gather her thoughts. So she basically does that thing where you say what? even though you heard them and like mm-hmm. you need a buffer. Although instead of like saying what she just goes with it by like repeating the question. So you want to patrol together and her internal monologue lets us know that I scrolled too fast. Assignment is changing. Like he had left to go change his clothes um, and Maya had promised to walk him to the subway and now she kind of wishes that she hadn't. She's gone no contact with Jordan since the kiss And, of course, everything went haywire with Jace missing, so it was convenient to just avoid the whole thing altogether, which is easier said than done, especially when Jordan is standing right in front of her, looking like he could be drinking whole if he wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Maya rejoins (laughs) the conversation by saying that she, like, thought that they suspended the search for Jace. And Jordan's like... They're not canceling them. They're just cutting them down. But besides, he's not part of a clave. He's Praetor. He can look for Jace on his own time if he wants to. He's grown. And Jordan asks if she still thinks about going to college because she used to dream about going to Stanford. And her heart kind of skips a beat. And she tells him that she hasn't thought about college since she changed. And his cheeks flush. And he reminds her of their high school sweetheart plans, which were to move to California where she could go get an education to support them and he could go surf. Right. You know? Yeah. That, that was, was his their plan all plans. along. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I really like Jordan, a... but I don't like that plan. Yeah. And just go be a surfer boy and you can go get educated for us. I love that this is like such a good indicator of who the fuck Jordan was. Like, uh-huh. It, it's not good. And also, it's only been how many years? Are you really all that changed, buddy? Uh-huh. That's a hard... Now, if this was a new relationship that Jordan was entering in, I feel like I would I would have a lot more, like, I'd be more generous with him. But with Maya, okay. like, with Maya I'd be like, nah, bitch, you gotta, like... There needs to be hoops. You need to jump. <laughs> you got to earn it. I don't know. She is making it a little easy. Maybe that's my toxic trait. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. The whole conversation is very conflicting for Maya because she used to blame Jordan for all her werewolf woes. And um, how she stopped thinking about a human future with, like, school and a house and a family. But to be honest with herself, there's other person slash wolves at the station who still pursued their dreams. Like, I don't know, for instance, let's just think of someone random here. I don't know. I just, uh, bat. Uh Just random person. (laughs) And in reality, it was her own self that stopped her life short. Jordan goes on about his plan for the evening, saying that no one has searched the Navy Yard. And it's just, you know, not fun going alone. And Maya agrees to go, and she can see Jordan's eyes kind of light up, and she feels bad about it, telling herself that she doesn't want to get his hopes up because she's not sure how she feels. And all the emotions are a little overwhelming, and it's hard to believe that he cares so much about her. And I'm just like, girl, girl. Yes, same. Uh Uh-huh. Don't get swept up. So Jordan leans forward and it says his Praetor Lupus medallion was gleaming at his throat. 
And I'm pretty sure it's like a cute quarter size necklace, but my mind went to like a giant pendant, like a gold doubloon. And not like flavor flag comically big, but still like like hefty. Flavor flag. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's it's still like comically large in my head. Awesome. I don't know. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> and it's like at his neck so is it like a choker or is she just saying like the necklace is around his neck I just gotta know I gotta know right anyway uh, so Simon comes out and he sees them kind of leaning into each other and he offers to walk himself to the subway and the, all this time it really made me want a sandwich I just want you to know that every time it said subway I just I needed one makes me want a sandwich real bad <laughs> Uh, what is it? What is it? Oh, Hot Happy dog. Gilmore. A cold cut combo. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it. That it's gives me a hole in one. <laughs> Which is what I order at Subway. So just into it. Anyway, uh, I Maya thought you meant a hole in one, and I was like, I've never heard of that before. I'm so dumb. Oh, please. Cold go cut on. combo. Extra mustard. Anyway, no, it's chicken bacon ranch. Maya. Yeah. No. With green peppers like lettuce. I want all the green peppers. Do they have that? At yeah. Subway? It's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Firehouse Subs is better. Anyway. That's very true. Preach. Preach. Okay, so Maya is like, nothing to see here a day later. Like, we're, everything's fine. I'll go with you. And then she makes to leave, telling Jordan, like, I'll see you later. And now... We return to the third POV of the section, and it's Simon. And he's making his way through way. the park on a crisp November day. Yes, exactly. And then he sees her sitting on a boulder, looking like a fucking goddess in a green silk dress. Elizabeth Lightwood. Okay. And damn if her outfit doesn't sound like the fucking height of Y2K fashion. Yeah. Green bottleneck. She's got black embroidery, a freaking silver coat on. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, we were really, we really thought we were going into outer space in 2000. <laughs> Everything was millennium <laughs> silver, <laughs> including Cisco's hair. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ooh, that girl so fabulous. God, that is a bop. What was it? Xenon, girl of the 21st century? Fuck, yes. yes. Zoom, zoom, zoom. My supernova girl. Fuck. Supernova girl. I had such a big crush on oh, her. Oh, I love it. Mm. She mm. was also on Days of Our Lives. I never actually have watched the whole movie all the way through. Just so you know. She was Marlena and John's daughter. Not that anyone I... needs to know. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> oh, I love it. So... Simon gets closer to her and she says that she thought Clary would have been there. And Simon's like, yeah, she's leaving the Institute. I got a text. She'll be here soon. And Isabel tells him that Alec is on his way. Um, And then like at the same time, Simon's phone starts buzzing. And is he being just like slightly like toxic? <laughs> just a little bit toxic. Um, She's like, oh, uh, looks like uh, I think someone might be messaging you. And Simon's like, nah, I'll get it later. And she gives him, quote, like, a look. And then she goes back to giving him, like, a status update of Alec. And then his phone starts buzzing again. And she's like, all right, bitch. If you're not going to get your phone, I will get your phone. Here's the thing. I don't think it's toxic because he was seeing somebody else behind her back. They're not dating. And they never were dating. Yeah, Yeah, but he pulled that shit. And now they're trying to get... And then he's going to act like, yeah, oh, I'm true. I'm not. Oh, it's fine. I'll get it later. Any man? No. I'd be like, excuse you. Why? Why are you afraid to answer your phone in front of me? No. <laughs> say my name. Say my that name. Is a, that is a hard no from me. You're hiding something. I don't like it. We were on a break. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Ugh. Stupid Ross. My favorite, though, is when... when when they're arguing after the letter she gave him, the like six page front and back letter, and he's like, 17. He's like, it's your, you are. 
that is probably what I would have said. This is my favorite part of the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. I don't remember where I was. TBH. Sorry. So I'm probably going to repeat myself. Anyway, his phone buzzes again. She's like, basically, like, if you're not going to get it, I'm going to get it. And then she reaches into his windbreaker pocket. Yes, you heard that correctly. Tommy Hilfiger. Oh, for sure. New York in the fall. Dude, why is he wearing, like, not wearing, like, a peacoat or something? Like, why, why is it a windbreaker? And I just, all I can think of is it's, like, one of the startup, like, starter or whatever, like, the Eagles freaking team jersey windbreaker. <laughs> have one in my closet. Well, it's, like, a quarter zip. No. Yes. It's literally right there. I could go grab it and show you guys. Andy has one from probably mid, mid-90s. mid Yep. Of course, it wouldn't be the Eagles. It but is Eagles, like that's what I'm yeah. picturing. No, it'd be like the Giants or something. Oh, you mean Simon? No, not Simon. Yeah. Simon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon's wouldn't be the Eagles, but it's that sort of. And like, how is he going to move silently bird. with that on? The federal bird. The federal not. bird. How's he going to what? <laughs> Do you think you can silent ruin your way out of an Adidas like <laughs> pants warm up pants? <laughs> can you? I think so. I think you can. I think if you try hard enough, you can. <laughs> right? Maybe. <laughs> so, she, so anyway, she pulls the phone out and she's like, "Who's Rebecca? Who is Rebecca?" And Simon tells her it's a sister, and Izzy's body visibly relaxes. Oh, what? And so she starts reading the messages from her, telling Simon that she wants to meet him. That's what the messages say from Rebecca. And Simon takes a phone from her and shoves it back into his pocket. And he's like, I know, I know. And Izzy like is like, don't you want to see her? And he says yes more than almost anything else. But he doesn't want her to know about him, like his life. Because, you know, look what happened when his mom found out. And Izzy counsels him to set up a meeting in a public place where she can't FTFO, guys. And, and Simon's like, even if she can't freak out, she can still look at me the way that my mom did. Like, I'm a monster. And that was just really fucking sad. Mm-hmm. And so Isabel touches his wrist and tells him that Maris kicked Jace out when she thought he was a spy for V-Tang. And then she regretted it horribly. Her And her parents are coming around to the idea of Alec being with Magnus. And his mom will come around, too. He just needs to get his sister on his side to help. Quote... I think sometimes siblings understand more than parents. There's not the same weight of expectations. I could never, ever cut Alec off, no matter what he did. Never. Or Jace. She squeezed his arm, then dropped her hand. My little brother died. I won't ever see him again. Don't put your sister through that. Mm-hmm. Bro, chills. Yep. Yeah. Girl. Awful. Yeah. See? Dude, Maya and Izzy are just like. Yeah. Mature. Well, I, I guess that's why he was he was seeing both of them, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, oh my this, gosh, you know, it's so funny because I always wonder about like what other people's sibling relationships are like. Because I feel like my sibling mm-hmm. relationships are a little bit different just because there's we have such we're big age gap kids. So I'm much yeah. older than my brothers. And so they're more like my children than they are my siblings in terms of like we didn't fight the same battles. Like we were not in the trenches together. Right. <laughs> like they were babies. Right. Um, So I always wonder. But like that's how I feel about my relationship with my brothers. Like. It doesn't matter. They could really do no wrong. Like, well, okay, they could do plenty of wrong, and I it wouldn't change anything for me. Mm-hmm. But then I, I wonder, I'm like, is is everybody like that? Because, like, I know, like, my mom is like that with her twin brother, but they're twins. That's a whole different, like, ball game. Oh. You know what I mean? Okay. But, like, for you guys who have normal age gaps between your siblings, Mm-hmm. I feel like your guys' relationships were more adversarial growing up, obviously, because you're closer in age. So, like, do yes. you have that same, like, 
vibe? Or are you like, nah, if like he fucked up bad enough, I'd be like, get the fuck out. <laughs> no, same. No, and maybe it's different for Robin and I because my I'm the older sibling. Right. And so I was always the protector. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're only 18 months apart. Um, but yeah, I would anything Ben did. I mean, he's a dick mm-hmm. in his general life, you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I didn't mean to like agree, it. but like I meant like I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's a real dick. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. <laughs> but uh, he thinks he's hilarious. <sighs> but in terms of like the older sister <sighs> thing, like I think, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Robin? Do you feel the same vibe or I does mean, your brother annoy you a lot more than him? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't talk to him that much. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Not in like a way where it's like, I don't like him. I don't talk right. to him. But like you guys, you have, you both have much more involved relationships than That's I do. Fair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's mainly because... I feel like if I fostered the relationship, it would be different. And I just don't have the spoons for it. Right. So. Yeah. Where you probably feel like you're more like, I don't want to say required, but as that older kind of yes. sibling thing, like you, I think mm-hmm. you feel like you have to keep the lines of communication open. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I don't have to. I mean. Like, I wouldn't see my brothers if I didn't it's cool. force them to come to my house and have dinner with me once a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think if I invited, he would come and like, it's fine and right. whatever. And we see each other on holidays and stuff, but it's not all the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting mm-hmm. though. We send each other memes Because sometimes. he is the older sibling. So that is interesting because, uh-huh. I, and there's also like right? the eldest daughter thing where it's like, you're basically, yeah. yes, exactly. you're basically a parent. You're not really a sibling. <laughs> yep. Li- yeah. Uh-huh. In my circumstances. We had exactly that. It. Yeah. We had that same dynamic when we were kids. Right. You know, I had to do a lot more and be mm-hmm. in charge of a lot more and yep. all that other stuff. So I just. Um, yeah. You guys remind me a lot of my two older kids, like Drew and Cassie. Cassie's three and a half years younger than Drew. And we were always joking like, OK, Cassie's in charge, you mm-hmm. know, when they uh-huh. were old enough to stay home together because <laughs> sometimes how it is. Yep. Uh, yes. Interesting. <clears throat> OK. Just then, Alec arrives. And Simon goes on and on about how he's dressed. And he, like, brings up the blue scarf matching his eyes. And he's like, oh, Alec probably doesn't know anything about matching. It must have been from Alec. And, like, I like the LOL of that piece of, like, internal monologue. But there's no way he would be thinking about that at the moment. Same. Like, he's just had this super serious thing with Izzy. And she's in front of him looking like that. And, like being really whatever and he's gonna like he's in jeans and a t-shirt and he's not doing that Mm -mm. but it was a funny joke Mm -hmm. thank you (laughs) ma'am so izzy starts to say simon's sister because alec is like who who are you talking about and then um just as she's like oh simon's sister when the air starts to swirl around them and then clary's portal meet opens (laughs) And it reveals her standing there with her stele and her face wet with tears. Oh, For real. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Because no one has sympathy yeah. for Clary. Yeah. I don't know why she's like become so much more unlikable to me. And I, I think it's it's that we're mean to her. <laughs> I know we are. It's because we're grown now, or at least you guys are grown now, you know, so. And it's not like I hate her, but, like, I think I'm just, I'm tired of her story. (laughs) I, um, I don't like Alec more than I don't like Clary. I I agree in this this one. Thus far. For sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Clary's not nearly as bad in this one as she has been. Uh Uh-huh. 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 What were you saying? At least she's not. Like, piney. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay around in my house and cry because Jace is gone. Oh, you mean she's not a twilight? She's like, where it's like September, October, de- November, December, yeah. where she sat in a chair and fucking was comatose yeah. for four months? So crazy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Eggs. 
Yes. Okay. Right. Well, if that is all, I will it leave is. you with this. Make sure you read Chapter 4 and Immortality for next week's episode. Snap. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlderdishpodcast. We'll see you next time. Um, bye. Bye.